Hey there, friends of failure, and sorry for the delay in getting this episode out. I want to thank my guest, Sam, for being incredibly uh, flexible in the way that the interview went. It took me a little while because of some of the editing I had to do, and uh, you'll see that I seem to be off my ADD medication, and so it took a little bit more editing in order to make it uh, interesting to you, the listener. I probably cut out a good 30 minutes, but also the very end, unfortunately we missed the part about Sam promoting what he's working on. So please feel free to check the show notes. Uh, You might notice the end of the episode is a bit strange, and I'm sorry for that. I'm trying to put these out now every Wednesday. I've got about 15 different episodes recorded. I just got to get better at editing. So thank you for your patience, and please start looking out for these every week because I want to hold myself accountable to that time frame. Awesome. Well, let's get right into it. Hey there. This is Ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure. In this podcast, we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it. I hope you enjoy. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Failure Guy podcast. Got a great guest today. His name is Sam Pomerant. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Cool. Hey there, Sam. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Um, I mean, as well as you can in the <laughs> the world that we live in today. Um, nice. I don't know about you. I'm in uh, I'm in Canada. I'm in Ontario right now. Oh, nice. And we're uh, at the very end of uh, stay at home orders. Mm-hmm. So, um, I and I live with uh, with five other roommates. So it's it's like very me, nice I, that. Wait, are you six or are you five? I'm the six. Including you? Okay. I've got five, including me. So you got me beat by one. But it, I know ah, it's a pain in the ass to live with that many people. It's a so. big victory. Yeah, ah. they're, they're great. It's uh, I just would like to see other people eventually at some point, please. Yep. So I actually got COVID back in oh, you did? October, November time. Oh, and I'm sorry. Uh, while I mostly hold up with my girlfriend at the time, I came back home to my roommates like a week and a half after I was supposed to be contagious. And even though mm-hmm. I wore a mask for a week, um, nobody and not even though but like i did do that when we got back but nobody got it thankfully so meaning like hopefully uh it's not a uh given fact that if one of them gets it all of you will get it kind of thing you know yeah i actually i this is gonna seem complicated i i might have had covid oh Um, no that's not i wouldn't have known if it wasn't for the taste and smell thing um me my mom and my sister all got very sick with all the symptoms tested negative several times um, but talking to doctors, they were like, well, we can diagnose this as COVID, um, mm. even if the, the test won't come up with it, just because the tests only are super accurate within the first week or so, from what I understand. Yeah, I hate when doctors do that type of shit. I'm like, hey, do I have herpes? And they're like, I don't know, just assume you got it. I'm like, that's how <laughs> <What>? it works. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I had a, I had a rough time. I, um, I was sick uh, in like June and then again in August. And then in October, I got a really bad. I actually ended up in a hospital oh, overnight at one point. Yeah, uh, it was. And like what basically would happen is I would go to the emergency room and they were like, cool, we're going to run a bunch of tests. And all the tests came back. And they're like, you're perfectly healthy. And I'm like, I can't walk right now. <laughs> so I'm not. <laughs> that, There's that's something like, wrong. Yeah, that's the, the exact complaint I've had about doctors is that 
I'll go to them and they'll be like, hey, everything's fine. You're checking out good. Everything good levels, good blood, whatever. I'm like, can you just tell me to be better? Because I'm not acting like I'm not living a life that should result in these. So unless yeah. you tell me everything's fucked, I'm not going to change. And that's not good. So tell me yeah. I should stop drinking or, or eat better or whatever. They're like, no, nah, you're good. Everything's fine. I'm like, come on. Come on, guys. I actually had a lot of luck. I, I went to a naturopath, um, which was very helpful. What's that? Um, she was basically. A naturopath basically deals with, uh, instead of like drug-based solutions for medical issues, it's more based on like vitamins and diet and general activity. So, so like telling me to like, hey, you, kind of thing? yeah, instead of being like, hey, right now you're falling asleep at four in the morning. What if you <laughs> fell asleep at 11? And I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Um, and recommending vitamins and like eat a lot of garlic, which has been very helpful. Um yeah, garlic's apparent. I don't really fully understand it, um, but garlic is apparently a miracle food that just fixes things, oh, and it's worked. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a vampire, then your options are limited. But I also don't think you can get diseases if you're a vampire. Oh, I don't so, know. Like, I, and I know they're immortal, but I don't know if they're impervious to sickness. That would suck if you were a vampire with the flu, um, just because, like, I feel like you want to just stay in, but you have to go out and get people well, to suck their blood or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what time frame. I don't know how long you can chill on eating people. I don't know. There's so many different versions of vampire that I don't know mm. if there's a definitive one. Because There's really so much exist. vampire lore and we're not going to get to the bottom of this on this podcast. We're going to have to, we should start a spin-off podcast Definitely. where we just get to the bottom of all the lore of how vampires work. Can it be more lore than that? Because I'm not a huge vampire fan and I'd love to explore. Oh, explore has lore in it. Oh, explore. And the lore is in capitals. <laughs> Um, okay. Do you have a story you can tell for like a minute and a half while I go fill this up and get this ready? Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. Okay. Choose your own adventure. I don't um, care what story it is. Oh, uh, just just a story. Um, so I'll, I'll tell the story of how I got onto this podcast. I joined a website called matchmaker.fm, which is for like getting podcasts connected with guests. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. I'd love to like be on some podcasts. Um, I've been doing my own projects. I, it would be a great opportunity just to try new things. And so I'm there and I'm very excited for like a, some podcast to reach out to me. And the, the, finally, this podcast you tell something I want to hear about. What did you what? So like I, I don't want people I'm killing to get people to do podcasts. I've in, invited so many of my friends and family. They don't want to do it because they're just anti yeah. whatever. No, no privacy or something. So <laughs> uh, I've got like if you go to widenetpodcast.com, you can do it right now. Widenetpodcast.com. I've got probably eight or nine different podcasts i only have episodes of this one so those any other ideas feel free to let me know because i'm happy to do it but now you can keep going i didn't want you to say a story that i would miss uh important details oh, sorry. So keep going you're saying you try to ask people to start one well no i just was like on there looking for people to like looking to go on people's podcasts like like this yep. and then finally you reached out to me it's like oh great a podcast to be on and then uh, i saw it was a, a podcast about failure <laughs> and i'll be honest at first my feelings were hurt uh, oh yeah, I, I never first... reached out to people either. I was like, "Oh, nice, a comedian," because I wanted some some humor. Well, hopefully, uh, I am accomplishing that. Yeah, and you just uh, happened to be in the recent people because I wouldn't have looked that far. It was just like, "Oh, I saw." I don't know if I recognize you on another one. Have you been on any other ones? I don't know. I haven't. Okay, is this the first one? This is my first time being a guest on a podcast. Perfect. So... It's my most weird one, so I, I appreciate it. <laughs> it's your exclusive, so. Yeah, well, so, I mean, I think we're going to do both, or at least um, my plan is to put this on the failure guy one, but mm -hmm. 
maybe put some of it on the other one because the failure guy one is going to be more it's stupid because they're both me and i don't know why i have to like have a weird mental problem with it but the failure guy one to me is more about interviewing successful people which it you can define however you want not i'm not saying you're not <laughs> successful because i'm certainly not my point was more that's a one-on-one interview style thing where the yojimbo one is just a total shit show of i don't know what and i'd like to just keep that weird and crazy so like i'm happy to put the interview part of this on the failure guy one but then any other random stuff we can use the other one for because i have not released any of that one yet and i don't know what's going to happen with it but this is definitely a probably a primarily the failure guy one but if we have other shit we can use it for the the personal one so no pressure crazy is a good spot for me i i I live there where is it oh crazy yeah yeah (laughs) weird and crazy on the intersection i live there i take it with me when i go places and i haven't told uh the guests or the listeners that are hopefully listening that um I'm on the road right now. So I'm in Kansas. I'm in Salina, Kansas. Um, I've been doing a road trip uh, around the country. Got some awesome pictures and cool recorded podcast stuff that I have not yet released. Um, but you did it right. Being a guest is the right way to do it because you be a guest. And then you, when it's done, you don't have to do anything. Being a host, oh, it seems so it all much easier. Ooh. I'm very lucky, though. Yeah, I, I actually I host a Spotify radio show with a friend of mine, friend Ben Langell. And I'm very lucky because he like went to school for, to be an audio engineer. So he's a very professional with all that. So what we do is we, I write it beforehand, we record, and That's then I awesome. just sent him the audio files and he's like, perfect. Got it. I, f- I found um, out the better way it, for me and then getting better was just giving less of a shit about the quality or at least starting to care less about the editing and stuff, not editing mm-hmm. out ums and uhs and every little problem because yeah. it just takes so much longer, you know? Well, I think that, that's my favorite thing about podcasting though, is that it's so awkward and uncomfortable so much of the time. That when it's good, it's great. Yeah. And it makes the good like person better. Yeah. When there's natural conversation on television, everyone's like, yeah, that's fine. That's normal. But if two people can like get three sentences off in a podcast, they're like, oh, <laughs> the host has done an incredible job. The low like, bar. <laughs> the low bar is brilliant. <laughs> um, so if this is your first podcast, what did you think was going to happen? I guess. What were you going in with the assumption of in terms of like what it would be like? Because I didn't well, know that either. This being my first time being a guest, I was just open to just be open to being open. I was open to just like tell stories about my life um, and just explore the idea of failure, which I'm like, I'm going to be honest. I'm not the most familiar with failure Mm -hmm. only because I'm 20 and like. I'm very certain that there's a I don't want everyone to be a failure guy. I don't want everyone to have to experience it this much. Oh, don't you worry. I'm sure I will fail. I'm sure I will fail eventually in massive proportions. For sure. Yeah. I'm excited. My point is it's it's necessary part of success, you know? Yeah. But what, what I find is that like everything I've done so far in my life has the disclaimer of like, oh, but he's a small child. So it's okay that it's not good. Yeah. Like, uh, I did a, I did a one man show at a Ottawa Fringe Festival uh, called Perfect Date and it got one review and that review was very bad but even with how bad it was they were like it starts off the guy says everyone has to start somewhere and then goes on to be like this guy this is a start but even that's like not entirely negative he's like yeah he's mm-hmm. a kid he's he's played class clown for so long he, yeah. he's just not ready for the big stage yet I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Because at the time I did that, I was like 18. I'm like, it's fully fair for me not to be ready for the big stage yet. Um, it's weird. They have kind of like, 
no expectations of you at first because because uh, you're a kid and then but then you can coast on that for only so long until then they're like okay now you're on the other side where we don't give a shit about you anymore because you're mm. just a middle-aged dude who's <laughs> got nothing to really offer anybody or at least it's a it's a this for that kind of thing but the thing you mentioned about failure though i'm i'm so moronic about it that i thought people would be down with failure more than they are like i got a i got a bumper sticker that was and it's a magnetic one nice. i'll bring it in if i get a chance to go to my car um it says honk if you're a big failure and i thought for moronic reasons that people might do that as a pro failure thing Mm-hmm. didn't realize and i gave one to so i was at the grand canyon i interviewed someone who came up randomly heidi is her name i gave her one of those bumper stickers and she said oh great this will this will be a honk d- deterrent <laughs> no one wants to be a failure and they won't honk at me then and i was like that's amazing because i totally thought it was the other thing it would want to be that so i was like i only got like two honks in three weeks and she's like well that's probably because you know it, no one wants to do it so either way now i'm going to sell them or whatever as a honk deterrent but i did not that's realize- very smart my point was that I thought people were more open to it. And so I've been, it's been a real eye opening how much people hate the word. How long have you been so open to the idea of failure? So I've had the license plate since like a year and a half, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what I was doing with it. I didn't have a podcast or anything. I just was writing a book maybe. Um, and I realized, uh, so I suck at taking self-help advice. Yeah. I've read a ton of books though. And so almost all of them from the good people mention failure and how important it is. And so I thought, okay, well, how am I going to, I'm good at that. I'm good at failing. I'm not good at uh, like reminding myself to do things. So I was like, if I put it on my car license plate, well, first let me see if it's available. Oh, surprise. No one took it. And then, uh, then I was like, okay, well, if I put this on my car every day, there's no way I can forget about it. So, okay. You know, maybe it'll, but then it was a downer. Some days you're like, you walk out of your car and you're like, oh, come on, really? I got to look like this all day. <laughs> or like now yeah. I'm cross country road tripping and I'm like, okay, I'm in a weed illegal state with a car from Colorado. This is failure on it. I think I'm like, uh, you know, got the it's not such there. a random spot check, is it? <laughs> exactly. So uh, there's some predictability there. Yeah. But it's got some interesting things I didn't think would, would be part of it. I don't know how many people mm-hmm. advertise on their license plate, but the people who do are usually dicks about it. Like, I'm number one or whatever, not failure, but just in general. (laughs) And uh, so I think it's a fun idea. I don't know. I just like trying things out. And that's why the whole fail it till you nail it thing is the thing I came up with because it's like, I can't fake anything. So I can't Mm -hmm. fake it till I make it, but I can fuck up enough times to, and sometimes like at the same time, like, yeah, I've got so much shit behind me on this thing. Like Mm -hmm. one of my ideas is just to literally... I don't even know where a mic, like have like eight different mics set up and this listen to a podcast eight different ways to see which one sounds best and how big of a difference the quality is just so I know if it matters because I don't need to set all this shit up every time, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Or whatever. So I uh, learn how to play a little instrument. Oh, nice. This one's for electronic beats and stuff. Ooh, very funny. make something called sweatpants music. Nice. (laughs) I've got a lot of random ideas. I just don't have any way of... uh, restraining them or making progress on specific ones it's kind of randomly yeah i feel like that's the hardest thing every like uh, just like making it into a cohesive thing that can be put forward yeah because a lot of times it's good in my head but then i like can't explain it at all to anyone in the way that like mm-hmm. delivers the info so yeah it's tough like even when i've got i was telling you about the grand canyon uh recording i did and uh mm-hmm. 
I have no meaningful way of, of relaying the information without someone being like a couple hours deep into a thing. So I'm trying to figure out how do I like synthesize that into something even shareable. Like the time traveling podcast doesn't make sense and it's going to be a lot of details, you know? Yeah. Time traveling podcast is such a, I just want to say, it's such a great sentence. Okay. That's... Here's a good idea. Cause I don't love talking about things twice. So why don't you tell the listeners what I told you and what your understanding is of Okay, I'll I'll tr I'll try to relate. It. So I don't care if you mess it up. Look, I I will guarantee I'm butchering it right now. Um, before the before we were recording, uh, Ben talked to me about this podcast idea he had in which he's going to make. Uh, he's already started off by recording four hours of podcast in real time at the Grand Canyon, and then he will post it with with the date that it was recorded on but it'll actually be in the future and then he'll do a ton of other episodes that take place in different times that allows the listener yeah. to go forward and follow him through his time travel thing right Perfect. yep so then, hey uh, do me a favor no don't even worry about it pick a pick a date and time and take us there right now we'll, we'll post okay. this as a, as a time travel um i will put this let's put this uh in a, you want to go back to the first stand-up you were talking about when you were 16. Oh, would the first stand-up? Stand yeah, that has a date. Do I remember it? Good question. We'll go 2000. That would have been 2017. 2017. Vaguely May. We'll say May 12th. Okay. Let me, let me tee you up real quick. Hey there, time travelers. We are in May of 2017 here with our friend Sam Pomerant speaking from the future, I guess. So I'm from 2020 and we're in 2021 right, right now. Yeah. Oh, we're, I'm in, oh, geez. You got to get uh, the right. No. At least, uh, so I've been carrying around a clock with me that I've been putting in all the videos and stuff just because it's easier than trying to figure out what time it is usually. Got it. That makes sense. Uh, so we're back in 2015. I thought it was 2017. May. 2017. Sorry. You're right. May 2017. <laughs> hey, as long as they eventually know where we are, it's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll edit this all out in post it'll be no, beautiful no, we're gonna go to 2015 first then we're gonna pop back to 2017 but we okay. won't know why briefly we're in 2015 <laughs> well we were in 2015 to just like remember what it was like when we thought hillary clinton would be president there jumping to 2017 also and we're like free oh. comedian when you didn't know anything funny yeah what back in yeah when, when i was 14 years old and i uh, was a very serious young boy now we jump forward to when i'm 16 and a silly silly man um so we're, now we're in 2017 um wow so i my parents would have drove driven me to that stand up they drove me there oh you didn't uh, have a license check because you were 16 right yeah i also still don't have a license because cars scare me perfect i when i like walk i bump into people all the time which is which is bad enough when you're walking but i feel like if i do that with a car best case scenario is they die Best worst case. case, yeah, because worst case scenario is they survive and I have to pay for their medical bills. What if it's just a little hit and then nothing happened? It's still, well, still not as bad as if they not. don't die. <laughs> well, but like then it's awkward. It's it's very awkward if I hit them. Honestly, and they don't if it's die someone I don't know, like, they might as well just die instead of me having to exactly. pay some awkwardness. Some like I'd have to get out of the car and be like, "Oh, I'm so sorry," and I'm Canadian, so then they'd apologize back to me, and there'd just be so many sorries going on, and then I'd never get to where I have to go. If they die, I can just be like, "Whoops." Yep. And keep on moving. Yeah. So now we're in 2017 of May. Uh, your parents now would put me in the put me in the spot. You're in your car or her car, their car. And yep. what do they say to you? You got this. You got this, buddy. Sam, good job. I'm going to be honest. I think before 
we just really weren't talking about doing stand-up. We were talking about literally anything else. Did they know what you were doing though? They knew what I, they were driving me to the stand-up show. They were going to yeah. watch it. Um, but there's not like a ton of points. They, we didn't see like a ton of point to just like dwell on it. They're like, Oh, what are you going to talk about? And I was like, I got some stuff. And they're like, cool. You wrote it down, right? You're not going to get with the improvise. And I was like, basically I wrote it all down. And yeah. they were like, okay, you got this. And then we probably just talked about, I don't know what fast and furious movie came out in 2017. That is my least likely way to know what year it is. <laughs> so uh, I think, I, I think it would have been like, I'm gonna say seven. We're gonna go Fast and Furious seven. Is it Fast and talk- Furious? Is that one? Uh, no, number two was Tokyo Drift, I believe. Oh no, two two was Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, I know and there's a bunch three, of different. They move the the words around. <laughs> three is Tokyo Drift, which makes no sense at all. Four is, I think. Okay, I'm gonna do you another. I don't know if I'm gonna call it a favor to you, but it's really me. I, this I can't do because I don't have the thing. It's in the other room, so. Take us to 2017. I'm not going to be listening, so don't say anything I would be interested in responding to, or at least if you want a response now. I will be back in two minutes, and you have the floor. Go ahead. Okay. It was a warm summer night in the year 2017. I was a young boy out there trying to get a few laughs. Um, I was performing at the Yuck Yuck Comedy Club. I had signed up to do an open mic, just sent an email to somebody. I got an email back. I was going to go there. I went there. I was the first person there, which is the worst person to be there, you know, because no, it's just me. There was a bartender and then the comedy club manager. And they're like, oh, so why are you doing this? And I was like, well, I watched Seinfeld and I thought I could do it. And he's like, oh, this is going to be great. And I was like, oh, no. So I'm just sitting around basically in an empty bar. Uh, I can't drink because I'm again, I'm 16. My parents, my dad has a drink. My mom's driving. So my dad has a little bit to drink and they order like some pretzels or whatever. I go back to the green room. I go back. I go on my phone just to like be like, let's go over what I had planned to say. And I'm just sitting there just looking around being like, oh, these are all adults. And I am the youngest person here by far. Like, I think the next youngest person was like 21. And the difference between 16 and 21 when you're 16 is literally everything uh in the in the green room they were someone made like jokes about getting their dick sucked and i was like yeah girls are girls are i'm so scared to talk to women uh which hasn't changed by the way i still have uh so much fear uh with that but at 16 it felt bigger now it's just like a a fear that i'm used to but 16 i was just out there and i was getting ready to do stand up going over my notes being like okay what what funny things have I written down? And I looked at it and I was like, I think this is all very, very funny. And then people started to go up on stage. Uh, You started to get like comedians going up who had clearly been doing it for a while, who knew what they were doing, who were going to, who had jokes that, that really worked. And then I was like, wait a second, they're all doing incredibly well. And people are laughing. There is a chance I don't do that well. I might do well, but compared to these people who are very talented, who knows? I basically then spend like the rest of the, go through the show waiting to go on. I'm just pacing around. I'm pacing around the back. I go in the green room. I pace a little bit. I come out. I just to watch the show a little bit. And I see this woman doing a song about cheese, which was hilarious. I remember nothing from that night, really. I don't remember any of the other sets except this woman sang a song about cheese that brought joy to my life that I could have never anticipated. 
I like, you know, because I, I, I am a fan of cheese, not the biggest fan, but I'm, I'm a decently sized fan of cheese and I'm a huge fan of songs. So you put those two together, add some jokes in there. Of course, it's a brilliant thing that I would enjoy. Cheese, songs, jokes. What else could you want from a thing? In my opinion, nothing. I think the peak of stuff is songs about cheese in a dirty comedy club that very clearly people aren't happy to be in. It's an open mic night. No one's like thrilled to go to an open mic night. You don't plan your week around going to an open mic night. Your weird friend from work is like, hey, I'm doing an open mic night. And you're like, oh, my God, do I have? He told me about it. He told me that he's doing it. Does that, is that an invitation? Do I have to go? And then you go and you have a moderately okay time until one of the comedians goes up at the end of the night and is like, well, I decided not to write any comedy. So everyone in the first two rows, you're getting roasted. Hey, blue hat, you, you got a... You got a blue hat and then your night's ruined because he, he called out your blue hat. Anyways, my point is. Keep going. I'm, I haven't found it yet. That's why I'm here. I'm just here to like stall. <laughs> no my point is everyone was telling good jokes and the audience was enjoying it. And I was like, oh, no. And then finally, someone told jokes that weren't good and the audience didn't like it. And I was like, perfect. I can do better than no laughs, maybe. Just rely on the fact that they look at me and they're like, this poor kid, let's give him some laughs. Uh, so eventually, I go, up on, I go up on stage. I'm invited on the stage. The guy mentions, they're like, hey, this guy is a, is a beginner. He's new. Cut him some slack. I'm like, thank God, I need all of the slack I can get. I start the show. I start telling my jokes, and I'll be honest, they worked. <laughs> Like, I don't know how they worked, but they worked. I did a whole run to start off the jokes um, about how uh, I'm not gay, but people think that I am. I know that game. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun game. It is. Oh, it's, it's so great. It, it, I had a realization about it, though, recently. Because um, like, when, like, when I was doing this comedy in 2017, the whole thing was like, I'm frustrated that girls keep asking me that I'm gay because it means they might not be interested in me. Yeah. And then it's I was because you mine's mostly guys thinking I'm gay, not even oh. hitting on me, but just happening to think that. So it's not usually women, but go ahead. Well, that's what I realized about this. I was talking to my sister and she was telling me about this party she had where her friends came over. I brought them all snacks and then her <laughs> friends thought I was gay. And I was like, oh, I get that all the time. She was like, no, Sam, they were curious because they were interested in you. Ooh. And that was the first time I realized that potentially people were interested in my sexuality because they were interested in my sexuality. Uh, I hadn't connected those dots before. And then I connected them and the whole day was shot because I was just sitting there being like, how many girls? Sent you me thought it was more judgy than, than inquisitive? Is that what it was? Well, not even judgy, more just like curiosity. I thought it was just purely from a place of like, I want to know more about you. And you do theater. So I made some assumptions. Oh, yeah, that'll... That, yeah, that'll put you in a box. But later, I've realized that potentially some of the time it was girls being like, I, I want you to not be gay. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're cute, but you, you're very flamboyant and your jeans are very tight. So I, I just want to check before I do anything. So here's an example of one of my times. Um, I was talking to my friend Ken back in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And I was like, don't you think it's weird that like no guys don't ever like wonder if they're gay like they don't even want to like think about it and say yeah i am or i'm not they don't even like question it it's just like no i'm not gay end of story 
anyways, uh, he is gay, but he wasn't out at the time. And he thought I was the only one who knew. And I was just high and talking his ass off about whatever. Oh. So uh, that was one of the funnier ones in terms of like, I had no idea that I was even like sending off vibes to him that I knew special things. I was just talking on my ass like usual. Mm-hmm. But I think that's another thing is like, just since people don't even question it or think about it or, you know, actually ask themselves. Uh, I think maybe someone who's a little more confident in the answer and doesn't mind if they're taking, like I have pink sweatpants and stuff. I don't care if people think I'm gay because whatever. I don't have to be. So, (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, I also was like wearing cardigans during this period. There you go. And it also like lets me know that if someone's going to judge me for wearing pink pants, then I don't want to know them probably anyways, you know? Um, but keep talking. I gotta find that shit. So. Here's the thing about me that, I, with my experience of people thinking I was gay, that I found very curious is because I was in theater, which had like a lot of older uh, gay guys. It was. It almost never came from a place of judgment. It almost always came from a place like, "Hey, just so you know, if if you're comfortable, we're here to make this a safe space for you," which is like very sweet and I think very nice for someone who needed that. Um, but I was a straight white guy everything's a safe space for me. I, I live in almost zero risk at all times. But I remember once they went up to a group of fr- to a friend of mine, they were like, hey, um, I'm just curious. Has, has Sam come out yet? Not is Sam gay? Or do you think Sam's gay? Has he come out yet? Because we're certain he is. We just want to know if he's told people yet, if we are supposed to know. But... I tell these jokes at the comedy show. I tell these jokes on stage and they go, they go, they go well. I transition it into a, into a joke about this time I tried to ask a girl out and it went poorly. I have a few of those, not to brag. I do all that and then I get off stage. The host then makes a, a joke about my last name. He calls me Sam Pomegranate which I wouldn't be upset about if I hadn't heard it every day forever. Like it's, I wasn't even insulted that he made a joke about my name. I was more insulted that this host who was the only person there getting paid that night, the host had the same sense of humor as grade three guys being like, wait a second. I'm not sure if you've realized Sam, but your name sounds like pomegranate. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know. I know that. Um, but yeah, that was fun. These are the pink sweatpants? Those are some nice pink sweatpants. So, meaning I'm embracing the pink now more that I figured out I like it. Nice. Yeah, pink's a great color. And if you go to sweatpantsmusic.com, not just you, but anybody, uh, you'll see a logo that I made based on these. Cool. But you don't have to be listening or wearing sweatpants when you listen. And also, there's nothing yet made, so can't listen well. even anyways. What sweatpant music is that music to be listened to while wearing sweatpants or made while wearing sweatpants? Definitely made with them. Okay. But also I would suggest wearing them. It's like, have you ever listened to the, that lo-fi beats um, to study and relax to with the girl, the cat. It's that vibe, the lo-fi electronic stuff. So stuff to chill in, which is what the sweatpants is related to, but you don't have to be chilling. Can I give you, can I be very honest with you right now? Please. I don't own any sweatpants. Okay, cool. These ones, the pink ones, are only fifteen bucks on Amazon. Oh, I don't make wow. any money if you buy them. But <laughs> no, I've I've only worn sweatpants once in my life, and it was my girl, my girlfriend at the time, sweatpants, and they were much too small for me. Um, that makes sense. She was I, smaller I mean, than me. Yeah, 
it could have been bigger. Nothing against that, of course, but um, no. yeah, I can imagine that wouldn't be the. It was mostly okay. just scenario. The, the the length thing. I think they tur- I turned them into capris by accident. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna send you the link right now to those sweatpants. Thank you so much. Because you know what? I've also given a pair away to my last guest at the Grand Canyon. Anywho, um, and of course it's currently unavailable, but I will send you the link. <laughs> I, and I don't know if it's different in Canada, so maybe it is available. But uh, everything's only a, everything's just a little bit different here. Anyways, those are my favorite sweatpants, and those are my favorite color. My favorite sweatpants, and they have like a wallet pocket, which is hugely Ooh. vital for me when it comes yeah. to sweatpants. I have a little list of things that I check through, and this one checks all the boxes. And oh, uh, so I know I mentioned the name of that uh, podcast is called Yojimbo. The other one. Mm-hmm. Does that mean anything to you? First of all, Yojimbo. Have you ever heard of that? I like this. I think it's going to be rude, but I think I've heard my no. dad say that before. Perfect. I don't know why, but you should ask him what he meant because I'm trying to find other meanings to it. So the only thing I know is that it was a um, a movie in the '60s, a Japanese movie called Yojimbo about a mm-hmm. like a bouncer kind of guy who okay. would. I I don't know. I haven't seen it. I gotta watch it. So I'm not gonna even guess what it's about i don't think it has a meaning i don't think it has like an uh alternate meaning but now i'm defining it myself as a as a verb even though it doesn't like it so i'm yojimboing this and what it means is to uh it's the act of embracing failure and turning it into something better so okay for example i was going cross country to meet someone that Mm -hmm. fell apart I'm yojimboing it, and I got a dope little motel room that I can stay in. I'm going to be here for like a week. I actually got two rooms, so I'm spread out between two different rooms because I have so much Flex. shit. It'd be amazing if you could see how much shit I fit in my Prius because it's it was packed to the gills. So I've got like multiple computer monitors, three different computers and stuff, like all sorts of shit. So I can have so much set up. Right now I'm in two totally separate rooms, but I'm trying to move to ones that are connected by the door. Okay, nice. Falling on the budget, you know? So... uh <laughs> And that was a, uh, anyways, um, so Yojimbo, I'm trying every time now that I have a failure uh, occur to figure out how I can, not just so like, here's my idea. So here's a most simple visual re- representation I can come up with. Here's your baseline where you're at normally. Got it. If you fail, you go this way, whatever way makes sense to you, maybe a gas tank. Um, so, and for the listeners that can't see this, <laughs> let's pretend I'm halfway up a gas tank. And then you go all the way down to E instead of just Yo, Jimboing it back to the halfway point where you were. You want to go full tank of gas. This is going to be my new metaphor because ah. that's the only way I can think of it now. Uh, you want to go put all the gas in because uh, you want to not only get you back to where you were, you want to take action that you wouldn't have taken if it wasn't for that failure so that it becomes a good thing. You want to slingshot it. Exactly. Precisely. Yo, Jimboing. Now, every time it happens. So, like, here's a few examples. Um, I was in my car and I had a thing full of weed yeah ground up already ready to go and i mm-hmm. knocked it over all over my fucking oh, car and perfect. this is during the road trip so i'm like i was like okay how can i yojimbo this right and so it wasn't just clean it up i want to have my car i still haven't done it yet but i want to get my car detailed which i've never done so that's nice. even more clean than when it happened you know shit like that i'm trying to think very of the same smart. genre fix that goes further in the other direction very very smart and even this podcast, the Yojimbo thing, is it started out as just being one episode of The Failure Guy that my grandmother couldn't figure out how to use Zoom to be on. So I tried to Yojimbo that into its own podcast. 
mm-hmm. and so on. So uh, who knows what form it's going to take because none of it's out. And um, since I want to do the time travel stuff, it's going to be really strangely uh, doled out. Yeah. But I'm thinking I'm going to start it on my birthday, which is February 15th. So just four days from now. Nice. Because I've got enough content to last a few weeks of my current idea. Can I ask? I want to. I want to ask a question about your birthday. Absolutely. Fifteenth. Does it make Valentine's Day more complicated, easier, simpler, with it being just before your birthday? What do you mean by complicated? Because it makes so it like, suck more. It makes it suck more. Meaning it makes both days suck more. It makes Valentine's Day worse because it steals some thunder, and also I have to devote a bunch of my attention to figuring out how to gift someone else something, even though I'm usually wanting gifts and also gifts is my love language my primary one so okay I'm usually way better at giving it than i am at getting what i want to yeah so i'll go balls out for someone else on valentine's day and then usually we get disappointed but i've tried to not have any expectations like that's one of my other things is to have no expectations but uh it being right next to my birthday just complicates things and makes it so i have to share my birthday usually you know yeah, that 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 doesn't sound great and i, I love being in relationships so it's always a thing <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. So, hey, I get congratulations. Um, Your birthday is all to yourself now. I know. And I'll be here for a week. So, um, no, I would say if anyone's here, but they're not going to hear this until after I'm gone. So, uh, whatever. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out fun new ideas. I've got some other ideas for the time travel thing that are really bizarre, um, including like, well, have you seen Back to the Future at all? I have seen. I've seen all three of them. Great Perfect. movies. Classic films. My favorite movie. Uh, two and one swap. My favorite movie from time to time. Fair. But um, so I want to do like a Gray's Sports Almanac thing. But uh, I think I'm going to call it Ray's Sports Almanac. Ooh. I'm going to ask random guys named Ray to tell me who's going nice. to win and make bets on it. That's good. It won't be as uh, lucrative probably, but <laughs> never know. <laughs> and uh, no, I- go ahead. No, I was going to just don't ask me about any. Uh, I started gambling on sports for the first time. I did it for football this year. I do? gambled. I well, I, I, I didn't. I started off well. I gambled on the AFC championship game between Kansas City and Buffalo. Pick Kansas City. They won. And I was like, well, I'm riding this Kansas well, City train. They won the Super Bowl too, right? Or no? No. Okay. Because I'm in Kansas. <laughs> I just didn't know if they'd be celebrating or not. I should know. So I don't know. I, I, but I picked Kansas to win the Super Bowl and then okay. they got crushed by Tampa Bay and I lost all the money. And I was like, ah, that was a, that was a, a short lived victory. And just so people know, it's February 11th. I've had what, five days now to find out who won the Super Bowl. And I still, I don't know how I you haven't figured tried. that out. It's, well, I didn't uh, watch any of it because I was road tripping the whole time and I yeah. actively didn't care. So mm. I didn't ask anybody. My friends were talking about it, even in the chat I'm in, and I didn't even read to see who won. Like, <laughs> The point was um, I gave up on sports, televised sports, um, six or seven years ago now, oh. with three exceptions. Yes. Uh, one is going to a live game. Always kind of cool with that. Still great, yeah. Playing sports, totally fine. Gambling on sports, which you just hit. I'm totally cool if I can win money doing it, but if <laughs> it's just guys who are not from Boston, pretending to be from Boston and getting paid millions of dollars, I really don't care about it. Was there it. a specific thing that set you on this road of not caring about televised sports two things specifically um one just being from boston they're fucking crazy you can't even talk to them even if you watch every game you can't yeah. be on the same page yeah you have to watch the game listen to all the shit and bullshit from barstool sports or whatever and i was like <laughs> okay well i'm not gonna do that for sure so i might as well just check out but then also mm-hmm. i was at <laughs> i was the least deserving person to be at the 
Boston Red Sox 2013 World Series Game Six, oh. where they won. I was there. You it were there. Fired, it got me fired from a job. What? <laughs> yep. So how? Because when they won, after they won, I had asked my two coworkers who were there if they minded, and they said no. And I lit up a joint in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Didn't get in trouble for anyone, but then one of the coworkers told my boss, and they fired me for it. So. Oh, that's awful. But anyways, um, so then I was like, okay. Sports and me are done, you know. Fuck this shit. Mm. I tried to. I tried to. I mean, it was amazing being there for the last game, obviously. Oh yeah. But I, since I didn't watch the game all season, like literally, I had no real context for how. I know that it was the first time winning in in Fenway since 1918 and all this other shit that I've known, but it didn't really make me want to watch more sports or anything, you know. I yeah, was like, that's okay, fair. Well, fuck that. And then I and then that was 2013. Colorado legalized recreational marijuana January 1st of 2014. I came and visited January 10th of 2014 and I moved March, mid-March. And then that's where I've been oh. since. And now I'm on a cross-country road trip finding out where my next place to live is because I've never chosen a place to live that was not based on a significant other. So I've only lived in Boston, which is where I grow up. And then I came to Colorado with an ex. So I want to figure out oh. with no other inputs where, I mean, with only inputs I desire to have <laughs> where I should go. So I'm thinking California, but I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out. California's nice. I've, I visited California once. Like, not even not even LA. I would visit a small town in California to meet up with What's a buddy. Uh, it, good question. Gilroy. Gilroy, California. Gilroy. They've got a very famous garlic festival. Um, oh, dude, that's your new thing. Oh, yeah. Garlic. Garlic's great. I should have gotten some garlic at that garlic festival two years ago. Maybe I'll check out Gilroy because I need random ideas that have nothing to do with anything. So that's Gilroy's uh, a very, like, it's a farm town. So, perfect. like, a tons of farm it's stuff cheap. going on there. Um, or I have no clue. I wasn't looking at real estate at that time. Well, I'm talking about renting, but yes, for sure. Um, any, I know California is expensive and therefore I imagine farms are less expensive. Probably. I shouldn't do this now. Finally that I've taken so much of our time to get it to this situation. (laughs) It is legal in Canada, right? In Canada. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's legalized here. My roommates all smoke. I haven't since I got sick in October. Um, no, no smoke? This thing's awesome. Oh, it's very, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's called, a, I'll just tell people, it's called a Smoke Buddy Junior. It's a, makes so your smoke doesn't come out of your mouth. Instead, it gets into a carbon filter or something like that. Mm, but um, magic. <clears throat> yeah, I was super proud of you guys for doing that. I'm from, uh, my descendants, I guess, went, are from Ireland originally. I'm like 93% Irish, but they went to PEI in Canada, okay. so Rhode Island, and then they went down to Boston. So I used to go once a year up there to visit. Oh, nice. So yeah, PEI is beautiful. Yeah, it's nice. Um, it's a good place, and I've loved Canada. I've been to all over. I don't know my favorite part, but I really like Montreal and I like um, Toronto area and near Niagara Falls is pretty nice. I haven't seen yeah. enough of the West Side. Yeah. No, the West is, I haven't been, I haven't been to a ton of Canada. I've been to a lot of small towns in Ontario because I used to play hockey and we would mm-hmm. have tournaments in like Kingston, Barrie, Perry Sound. And so I got familiar with those towns. And like, of course, I've been like Toronto, Montreal, but otherwise I have not, I have not visited nearly enough of Canada. Uh, what would be your number one choice if you had to go? Oh, just so, like, not just, had to, but we could. <laughs> Um, I would, I think Vancouver would be a nice place to go for a little bit. 
um it's it's a from what i understand beautiful city but also just like beautiful outdoorsy area um and also just like there's a ton of very creative people there and as a person who considers himself somewhat creative mm-hmm. i think it's like the creativity of vancouver seems very exciting i agree i like creativity i um only recently would describe myself as a creative person even though all my life i've been doing the same kind of shit but since i work in accounting and finance it's harder to self-identify so when you say you're a creative person is it just theater uh well it's and standing a bunch of so yeah i do stand up um do i like write and act in theater um as well as i do some like poetry just for like myself um when i get in my sad boy times uh-huh. you gotta write some poems um, and also I've been doing some more broadcasting stuff. So like, I've, I've been hosting that radio show, Remembering Fun on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing Twitch streams, uh, which is basically, I basically just do talk radio. Um, so you want to do more. What are the things you haven't done that you want to do? Uh, this will make this the segment, the, uh, the get out of fail free card. So you know how it works. I, I don't know if you got to this part of the episode, so I don't, uh, meaning the ones you did listen to. I just I listened to the most recent one with uh uh what's it who is it uh most recent was probably Archie but that's the most recent release I've got a bunch that are not not yet released so anyways I'll just explain it just in case um so fail or uh, the get out of fail free card mm-hmm. is similar to the monopoly card but instead of getting out of jail you'd get out of fail year so if there's a uh, like a hobby or a, I usually say stand up comedy you've done that already so. You wouldn't use it there necessarily, but it could be anything, working out, doing stuff, uh, music, dance. I don't know. I assume since you're more creative, you'd pick something that's not creative, but you can surprise me in any direction. I'm going to throw a twist at you. Um, this is a thing that I wish I was good at, um, but despite my best efforts, I'm not. I wish I was musically talented. Okay. Um, that's a thing you can work out. That's a muscle you can work out. It is a muscle you can work out. I've found that... It is a muscle I struggled to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I'm... T- or at least like me with real muscles, for sure. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Also me with real muscles. I have the arms of a 12-year-old girl. Um, but I... Sorry, when you get to my age, they're like 14-year-old girl at that point. So Oh, that's good. Uh, natural stuff right. that happens. <laughs> um, I just... I, I'm very envious of musicians uh, who can make a world with sound. I think that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I also find myself just very limited uh, in terms of like what my voice can do. Um, My voice can do this. It can do this voice and Mm -hmm. nothing else. So I've had people be like, oh, thank you very much. Um, But I've had people be like, you're a comedian. Do like an impression. I'm like, oh no. That's tough. That's, um, but no, like I, I just, my voice does this. And that includes like, if I want to, if I've wanted to like sing before, uh, it, it just, yeah, it I want to learn that. That's what I would use my fail free card for probably right now. Cause I, if I can learn, I know how to play guitar and, and some other stuff and drums and bass. If I can learn how to sing, like chicks would be down with it. Oh, the, exactly. when you just know guitar that you can't do as much. Well, no, what you do then, much. what you do then is you pick a song that like the first few lines are easy to sing and you're like, come on guys, let's all sing this. <laughs> you start strumming it. You say the first lines and everyone's singing it. It's boom. Good boom. Yeah. boom. There we go. You're, you're young. You're what, 20? 20, yeah. Just turned 20. So what would you say is so far the biggest failure you've uh, encountered on the on the path? Um, I would definitely... Well, it's weird. I think my biggest failure lines up very closely with 
what I consider to, what what I think was one of my biggest successes. Just depends how you look at it. So hey, that's perfect for this podcast because that's my exact point. So well, it's not even. I think my biggest failure, my biggest success, is maybe the exact same thing. Just good. because it's the biggest thing that I've done. So I wrote, produced, directed, and starred in a one man show called Perfect Date. Um, which oh, yeah. I was I was very proud of it. I heard that I heard that was really funny, but the, the cast was terrible. <laughs> no, I actually cast was great. The writer was a pain. He never got things done on time. Everything was about ten. I think the whole crew I heard. <laughs> so, there was no communication between the the cast and director. Yep. Nothing. Um, but I I was very proud of it. I it was a whole story of me talking about like my first relationship and how that all worked out and connecting it to the theme of like love and all that. And you give me a short I, cliff notes version of it. Sure. We'll do a cliff notes of it. Perfect. Um, I, I start off the show by talking about how uh, I'm very single right now and I don't like it, but what I would like to be is not single. Cause there was this time that I wasn't single. And I tell the story of the summer of my first love, uh, which was the summer of 2017. Um, way to tie it back together. Oh yeah, I didn't even forgot we were there. <laughs> um, but I met this. We were working at a theater company. We met. Um, we started. Uh, we we made out a little bit, which was like my first kiss, which was very exciting. And uh, we dated over the summer, and it was this very like sweet, beautiful, perfect summer because she was at the end of the summer. She was moving away to New York City to pursue acting. And which leading that summer, pardon. It was known to be fleeting. Yes, it, it was, was known to be fleeting, which meant yes. we didn't have time to like fight with each other, because we knew that like we only had eight weeks. Yeah, it's not it's not important to try to be right or to try to change them. <laughs> exactly. It was just like yeah, we're gonna be our own people, and but you it was very it take was, those problems to somebody else. <laughs> but it was a very intense like thing because we saw we worked each, with each other we saw each other every single day mm-hmm. uh, and we fell in love with each other and it was this very beautiful thing but the point of the show was that i'm glad that that happened that i have this perfect summer but i need to stop trying to recreate it because then i looked at other relationships that i had where i basically spent the whole time trying to make that person like this first girl and i'm like no one's gonna live up to that mm-hmm. so i need to just go off on my own new adventure That's why perfect date because i was yeah cool yeah and i so i did so that's the show i i thought it was very good uh some of the people who saw it thought it was very good it didn't the, this is where the failure part comes in don't worry we're getting to the failure i'm not um, worried at all i forgot or oh or I mean, I forgot what my... the point of the story was. I'm happy to let you get to it. I mean, I know I asked you what your biggest failure was, but I did not realize that it was like waiting. I was, wasn't waiting for it, at least. Oh, don't worry. Okay. Um, so the the failure comes in that like, it wasn't the best attended show. Like we had some nights where there were like 30, 40 people there. And that was great. And we had most other nights where there was six. And that is a very quiet room to before a one-man comedy show for. If it makes you feel any better, I did have so I teach Microsoft Excel, which puts mm-hmm. people to sleep instantaneously. But at the same time, it's very hard to get people to go to. I spent and I was networking like a friggin' champ. I spent two months and I had flyers and everything. I told people about all of it, and two people showed up. And one of the two people was the person who worked at the store that I was doing it at. So meaning, your numbers are pretty good, dude. The weirdest part about performing like a one man show to a group of six people is it's the same amount of people as if you were just hanging out. 
except I'm the only one talking <laughs> for an hour. Like you got up in your living room and started doing it. <laughs> yeah, I can see everyone's faces. I'm like, why am I the only one sharing my stories? We're yeah. all here. We all see each other and we can recognize each person as an individual. You're not a crowd. You're six people scattered in lawn chairs in a theater. It just seems more egotistical when it's just that. Yeah, it's like it's very weird. Um, but so that happened. And then I mentioned this earlier. I got very poorly reviewed. Um, the critic was not a fan of my show. Do you remember sentences? Um, I have it. I actually because I was I knew I was going to be on this podcast today. Well, so I was like, if you oh, want to just read the whole thing, I'd love that. Sure. We'll read the whole thing. I haven't done that since it came out, but awesome. let's do it. This is great. Time traveling back to that moment. Yeah. So this was in 2019. Feel free to let me know as you read it. Anything you felt at the time, because I was just doing this myself when I was reading through. I, I wrote like a rough draft of the book and I was reading that mm -hmm. in the Grand Canyon. And uh, like, it's funny because it's like talking to yourself from the past. It's like, uh, it's weird because I, yeah. I have a bad memory almost intentionally because I'm I, my dad has a bad memory. So I just tell people I have a bad memory. I think it just <laughs> holds me less accountable. And I probably do remember less because of it. Yeah. So if you, it, meaning it, feel free to take any time during it to mention how you, how it conjures up feelings about that time. Cause for me, that was pretty crazy. So this is fringe review. Perfect date. By the way, is this read by anybody or was it just hurtful to you? I mean, is it something that people would even have read besides you? Yes. It's on like the, the biggest, like ottawa based arts blog okay so they sucks. Like review sucks. all the fringe shows yeah. yeah well the great if it had been six like usually people like take snippets of the review and put it in like a poster or like put it on like instagram and be like look what great people have said about this and i couldn't do that with this so that was frustrating yeah um but at least most people didn't hold it against you they wouldn't like keep it in their bookmarks or something and like bring it up no <laughs> no it, this wasn't in the new york times <laughs> Um, my mom didn't cut this out and put it on the fridge. Okay. So time travelers, we're going back to May. I don't know. Is it May? June? Let's say he uh, wrote the review in June, probably. June 2019. Okay. What's the date? Do we June have 17th, the date? June 17th, yes. 2019. In the middle of the run of the show. Did he say the time? I don't have a time. Okay. So we're in June 29. I don't have the time. 2000 what? 17? Seven, 2019. Sorry. This was two oh. years after. So okay. two years passed. All right. I'm stuck in 2017. Let me mentally get there. Um, June, what is it? 17th. I'm just going to look up the weather. 2019. 19. Ottawa? Uh, where, where, Ottawa. Whereabouts for weather? Uh, yeah, Ottawa. Um, I'm just going to go to the washroom. I'll be right back in. Yeah, a please That's do okay. that. Hey. Cool. I got the info. So um, June 17th, 2019 was a Monday. So he was, nice. he was having a bad case of the Mondays. I imagine he wrote it in the morning because the low was 46 degrees. He was probably feeling that cold bullshit in his heart. But the high was 73, so who knows? Also, he could have wrote it any day before that. But that's generally the weather <laughs> for that day. So let's we're all cold in the morning writing a review, and this is our word. Okay. This is the words. Everyone has to start somewhere. First-time French performer Sam Pomerant has a background in theater. He wrote and directed two-act shows in his school's theater department. He has 69 videos on his YouTube channel. He's a writer, director, producer, and performer of his one-person show about high school dating, The Perfect Date. Pomerant portrays himself as attractive, funny, charming, charismatic, and confident. When Rich Portrays himself as attractive? How do you do that? Well, What's this guy talking? Thing Come on. He thinks you're attractive. He <laughs> doesn't want to admit it. No, yeah. I, what happened is I said all those things in a self-deprecating fashion uh, and then went yeah, on to yeah. make jokes about how I'm not fully all those things. 
Um, like, for example, he quotes me. He says, I said, I have the perfect body, which is a thing I said. I <laughs> know. Uh, now, maybe this was okay. This guy, I, I discount this review already substantially. <laughs> Here's what I will say. I did say that exact word. What I said is I have the perfect body and then went on to describe how it's great because unlike Chris Evans, I can take my shirt off without like making people so attracted. They're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm a nice in between. Yeah, um, it sucks when he said he only gives the exact setup only <laughs> of a joke where you say the opposite. <laughs> this is going to be a theme throughout the throughout the review. This guy just so, doesn't know comedy, basically, or how a joke is structured. Or he's a full adult who was forced to review a 17-year-old's friend show. Oh, yeah, or, he, or he like also doesn't know comedy. I'm not going to give him credit for knowing comedy, no matter what happens to this <laughs> okay. review. But I will say that he doesn't know it, and he's forced to write a review of something. So he just has to come up with an opinion. So, so there's just one problem. He's not very successful with the opposite sex. Then quoting me again, do you know how hard it is to flirt with girls? You have to talk. They can hear what you say. Here's my biggest issue with the review is that exact line is half of it is just telling the jokes that I say in the show. He's revealing your shit. It sucks. It's like telling a comedian's punchlines for no reason other than to shit on him. And like slightly misquoting me and like, oh, it's great. He says, it gets worse. The kiss of death. Moms love me. Who boy. Well, but like what I confuses me is like, so then this joke was just like the joke was it's great that moms love me. And then he just reversed it. So that was fun. Uh, Pomerant is willing to admit to his faults. One of his nerdy habits is delighting in telling people, I told you so. Yeah, that'll make friends and influence people. Well, that's his only part of the... Dude, I think, by the way, if you haven't read this in this long, you should feel a lot better because this guy just clearly doesn't know, wouldn't know comedy if it bit him in the face <laughs> or if it was a vampire that bit him in the wherever. Exactly. Um, he can be obsessive. He had a running argument with his family about living room furniture for three years. That's true. He'll admit to anger issues, which sounds so much worse than how I like it to be put. He'll admit to anger issues, though he prefers the euphemism strong-willed. You know what this is now telling me? Is that I'm going to be so fucked when I release my personal thing, because it's going to be mostly the shit you're saying. There'll be tons of, like, self-deprecating stuff. Like, there'll be way many ways to misquote me. <laughs> so oh yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully just nobody listens to it. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, the class clown in him burts out that he should be seeking help. I also like the use of blurts out as if I didn't write the whole show. <laughs> yeah, he wrote that he blurts out. <laughs> um, Pomerade explores his limited dating history, particularly the way he torpedoes his own opportunities. Talking with girls about his past girlfriends. I forget that I tell that story in that show. I guess I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. I must have told that. I don't remember that story, but I must have. Missing okay. obvious hints from members of the opposite sex. Pining for a relationship that came to an end turning down five offers of dates because the girls asked him out. That is not... Yo, can you look this guy up and see if he's doing anything these days? Is he even alive? I'm pretty sure he's alive. I don't want to go too... Okay, can I... Okay, yeah, you can't say anything about it. I mean, you could just see if he's alive. I mean, and then we'll know who he is still. He posted this uh, a, a review as recently... Oh, it's only a year ago. Why would he be dead? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't... I, he's He's very much alive. So then that that series of four bullet points is him just listing stories in the show, but like, okay. And then while there's comic potential in the show, it's only partially realized Pomerant's self-deprecating humor can carry the show only so far. His one attempted at audience participation goes nowhere by design, which is the weirdest criticism I've ever received. And you're in the audience. Dude, you could have helped. 
Well, not even that. It's like <laughs> he admits that it's by design that the audience participation goes nowhere. Basically, at the end of the show, I do a spiel about how like I did this show for two reasons. One, I thought if I wrote about love enough, eventually I'd figure it out. And also I wanted to go on stage for an hour and make people look at me and think about how pretty I am. Did that work? And then people like freeze because we're 40 minutes into a show and I haven't yeah. talked to the audience. I love yet. shit like that. And I know now I'm going to fail so bad at it, but that's okay. I'm used to that, but I just didn't know. I just thought people were more intuitive on stuff like that. Well, the person in the audience freezes and like, oh, I get the message. And that becomes, that's the joke. And he admits that that's the design of it, but he's still like, here's a reason to be critical. Here's a joke I didn't like that much. <laughs> the whole review. Yeah, he needs to find more of a connection with his audience. So I'm not to have him laugh at him. He needs to win their empathy. He's acting like you are some, a seasoned person who's not just randomly trying this out. Like, for the first time basically well here's where i'll give him credit is that like i am at a festival with people who are more polished i'm on the same platform as them like people who shared that stage with me like in, use that same venue were had performed at like edinburgh for festival and like had mm -hmm. toured yeah but I, I feel like this guy hasn't done much uh in terms of he's nowhere to judge besides the fact that he's a judge by design you know i don't think he deserved yeah. it or i could be wrong i have no idea who this is but they definitely seem like they don't get it you know yeah, I, well, here's the thing. Maybe they like, like regular art and theater, theater stuff. And then was it all comedy or was it all random stuff? It was, it was comedy. Like it was comedy informed, I'll say. That's my fancy way of putting it, which is like, it, it was stories, but like with jokes in them. Um, Tom Wright has played the class clown for limited audience until now, which is a hilarious sentence because the night he was there, there were five other people in the audience. Um, but stand-up comedy is the big leagues. He needs better material, something more for the audience to sink its teeth into. Overall, uh, turns out, still to this day, I don't love that review. I understand where he's coming from on a lot of it. And I'll also say it did teach me some things about my comedy. I don't spend enough time making it sure that people like me. I just immediately get to like braggadocious things. But like, I have a smug looking face that more than one person has said they wanted to punch. So when I say like, I have the perfect body, it's like, oh, he probably believes that without thinking about, does it, the ideas put in their head that I'm a smug asshole before I can get to my point. And like, maybe I should work on that. Um, also, if anyone out here is a critic, uh, please don't just write all my jokes in your review. <laughs> It makes it weird. It's hard for me to read it when I'm just like, yeah, that's my joke. You you, you remembered it. Good job. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I learned a lot from this review, uh, particularly that I'm not going to read reviews anymore. And I say that the instant I get reviewed again, I will be refreshing the page until it comes out and then scrolling down to the comments being like, do they agree? Do they agree? Also, in case you're wondering, this one has no comments. Uh, so nobody doesn't not agree, which I think is good. Uh, I would, I wouldn't have appreciated it if I went to the comments and it was 20 people being like, yeah, I also saw the show. This guy's a hundred percent, right? Uh, show's awful. This class clowns up here thinking he can make jokes. I get it. I get, I get the concerns. Not everything you can do can be a resounding success. As the, you guys know that you're listening to this show it's about failure. You've, if you've listened to the other episodes, you get that. So, you know, this failure is important because I learned from it and I'm growing as a person. And at the end of the day, isn't that what life and more specifically this podcast is about? 
learning from failure? Maybe. I'm not sure. Hey, I like the headband. Thank you. Um, I'm glad that I come back in. And you're still talking because like I've had a bunch of times where I like these aren't necessarily people who been on the podcast, but like um, I just recently interviewed some random people in my road trip. I was like, oh yeah, just talk. And then I came back and like, they literally talked for like a oh, sentence and then just waited, <laughs> waited for a while because they didn't know what to say, but I'm glad you're just comfortable talking, you know? But that was not what it was intended for. But anyways, what would you talk about, I guess? <laughs> or am I missing anything? Not really. I just talked about how I think the review is interesting to look back at because I think he does bring up that the end when he talks about me not having a connection with the audience. I get that mm -hmm. um, because I, I have a punchable face. <laughs> uh, which is something I've been told by several people. I don't think so, but I don't punch faces, so I don't know how to tell. That's good. I mean, that's a good quality to have to not punch faces. I think it's an inability, uh, not just it's not a choice. It's also um, just a, I don't know if I'd be good at it. <laughs> meeting people who have said they want to punch me in the face, it's definitely ability to not punch people in the face. No, okay, that's a good. that's a pro. Awesome. Um, but I say something that like seems very egotistical. Would I intended with like a level of sarcasm or irony? Um, but it yeah, doesn't come across because I look like the person who would believe that I have the perfect body. That's why I did the failure thing. Cause it's like, uh, then it's impossible to not take some of those things as self-deprecating or not impossible, but it's much more likely that they will be taken. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be the number two failure. I don't have a, anyone yet. I I'm going to, I'm okay. You can keep the, the label of failure. I, uh, there's no competition so far. Also, I realized even if they do beat me, then I failed at that. And I don't know if there's a paradox that somehow makes oh. more failure or not. But I don't think they can dethrone me. You know, how do you dethrone me? I don't know. You seem like a pretty big failure to me. So most people who really could compete with me aren't trying to do it because they're too busy dealing with whatever that not. life is like, you know. But um, were you in the middle of something or should I keep keep us going? Let's keep going. Cool. Uh, I don't have anything. I'm opening up a notebook as if this is my to-do list. It's not anything like what questions to ask. Makes you look like a legit journalist. So you're good. So anyways, here it says heater. Did you buy that? Yes, I did. Because um, ah, my job. car is fucking freezing. What's Here's a question that I've never asked because I've never had this in my hand. But what is on your to-do list right now? Uh, my to-do list right now is as one task. It's uh, get a job that pays you money because you have rent due. You fool. Mm -hmm. Uh it's hard to get a job when every shop is closed uh, because of the pandemic. But what kind of jobs were you trying to get or are you trying to get? Like, what have you been? So it's two, there's like two paths I'm going with employment. There's one, which is like, I am just trying to get, you know, any job that pays. So like I'm thinking retail, I'm applying to like retail mm -hmm. grocery stores, just any odd job. Yeah. I'm doing that. And then on the other hand, I'm applying to like, just like doing some broadcasting. I would like to do some broadcasting stuff. So I have some experience. And I'm legitimate like, about the, the uh, podcast stuff. If you want to do anything, I'm, I'm happy to do any project, whatever I've got. Uh, so I'll give you, I'll pitch a few. Okay. Let's, let's get pitching. And I'll, and I'll maybe include some of this in the thing. So um, I'm going to do the first one because it's so on brand for what I just said, which is I'm going to pitch it. But in order mm -hmm. to pitch it, I have to get high because that's part of the pitch. You narrate if you want, because no one can see anything. Okay. He has picked up his pink bong and has lit it and is pulling out the thing and the smoke is now in his mouth and success. <laughs> Blowing it into the, the blue thing, the the smoke buddy junior. Nailed it. Wow. Thank you. 
Let me get memory. Right, got it, guys. <clears throat> so, first one. It's called elevated, elevated pitches. So okay. instead of an elevator pitch, it's oh. elevated pitch where you get high. Ooh. Yeah. And then you're given a random combination of a, of a, um, a business and a target demographic. So like okay. for example, adult sex toys used adult sex toys for old women. So then now you're high or whatever, drunk. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what the inebriation is, but not sober. And then yes. you have to then spend 30 seconds to a minute or whatever pitching that company. And then it'll be like, go. And then we'll be like, okay, um, I'm with Clean as a Whistle, adult toys, and we're specializing in whatever. Making sure your arthritis goes to, who cares? You're trying to tie these things together. Yeah. And also you're just trying to do a thing. And I love the term elevated pitches because it's like, an you know what an elevator pitch is, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's clever. So, okay. So that's my elevated pitch for the first podcast. And I don't know what happens. I don't know if it's uh, like a contest, a game show thing, and then the winner gets a real pitch or something. You know what I think would be interesting? I think that could work not maybe as a podcast as like uh, – because there's a big market for like short-form video right now and like TikTok, Instagram, mm -hmm. Snapchat even. Oh, there would be little Make shareable it. things? Yeah, like as a TikTok series, that would be interesting. Oh, yeah. So maybe it's 30 seconds for the pitch. You do like 30 second lead up into it. And then you had a minute long clip. Yeah. So that's one. And also, you don't if you want to be a co-host, you don't have to get inebriated. You just have to oh, great. run the show or help run the show because <laughs> we probably need someone who's grounded. It's just, that's <laughs> not the probably. idea behind the pitches. <laughs> and I'm definitely going to be what, some sort of elevated. So might be not bad to have someone to bring us back to reality. Um, OK, so now uh, let's go with. So you like true crime podcasts? I'm I'm a casual fan of some true crime cool. podcasts. So in America, one of our favorite things is prison. We like to Whoa. put people there. We like to <laughs> spend money on it, give pay people yeah. for profit prisons. I don't like prisons. My point yeah. is more like we incarcerate more people than anybody in the world. So yeah, number one. So this is going to be focused on true crime committed in prison. And know what it's called? Okay. What's it called? Orange collar crime. Hey, not a that's thing. pretty good. Not yet a thing. If you Google it, it's not a thing. But I'm going to make it a thing. And there's only so many nice. colored crimes. There's white. There's red, which is white gets violent. Oh, okay. I did not know about that one. And then there's uh, blue collar crime, which I guess is normal crime. Like uh, shoplifting or something. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything else. There might have been. Uh, I wanted to do green. So there might have been a green. Oh, yeah, that's crimes against the earth. Ah. Uh, like polluting and stuff. But if you look yeah. at orange, there's nothing. I was thinking either Orange County, California crimes. But then <laughs> I asked someone else, my ex, what she thought of when she heard the name. And she said prison. I was like, oh, that's so much better. That's so I, good. And then we can do like a how do they get into jail piece. And then what happened in jail. And then like prison riots, whether it's mm. the guards doing the bad thing, whatever. Uh, but the name is so good. It's a good name. Most of what I have always is just a good name and a good domain. That's usually I all feel I like have. Orange Color Crime sounds like a Netflix series I would say I was going to watch and then not watch and instead exactly. watch but Parks you might and tell Rick someone again. else to watch it and that's all we need. Really. Yeah. I'd be like, this, I heard th this sounds good. You know how it is. I've heard good things. <laughs> that's you another, that's another me. podcast. I want to I want to make a podcast called I've Heard Good Things, which is just about shows that I've heard good things about. Okay, and I like that. Never intend on watching. I love it. I haven't seen The Godfather and some other like really important ones that I'd say I've heard good things about for sure. Oh, me neither. 
Nice. I've been saying, that's what I've heard. Maybe it's about ones that you haven't seen that you should, and then you do watch it. Oh, that'd be good. Because then like, there's I've some been resolve. Saying, this intention and then yeah. it gets released. Like the first half is like, I've heard good things about this. What- yeah, we say everything we know about it with no knowledge and no looking it up. And then we get informed. So I, I do that with Yojimbo because Yojimbo means a lot to me, but I don't know anything. I've heard good things. Yeah. I feel like you should watch it before you release a podcast with the name of it. I definitely will, but I don't know when I should watch it. I don't know if my trip should be over. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. It's a movie from the 60s. You probably want to watch it before you make the podcast because you have no idea how problematic it could be. That's true. I should watch it like uh, this week while I'm here. That seems like a good plan. Thanks for joining me on the Failure Guy podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to tell somebody. And don't forget, always try to fail it till you nail it. Till next time.